0: to hear from you tonight bless Cheryl and Emily Holy Spirit clothe them be with them let them know how dearly we love them and they are so loved and adored in this room and we can't wait to hear from them in Jesus name everyone said amen all right um, Michael Brown shared his testimony how many remember that fantastic testimony it went quite around the our podcast and subject recovery but I asked him to share devotional so would you please welcome mr. Michael Brown <laughs> This crowd loves you too,
1: Michael. All right. So, we have recently been discussing scars and learning to listen or hear God's voice as he speaks to us, whether it is through visions, dreams, or words given from others or a direct word downloaded from God himself. And here in a bit, I'm going to share a word downloaded to me that I hope will help you in some way. Now, I'm sure many, of, many or all of you have received a word from God or someone, um, and you'll be like, well, that word's not really for me right now, but I'll put it on a file in your mind. And then a day or two goes by or a week, and someone mentions something, and then you're like, oh, I was thinking the other day. And there, that word fits right in. And if you remember also, a few weeks back, we heard uh, Stephen Furtick, speaking on it's not always about you and sometimes the word isn't for you and not that you won't be ministered to by it but you never know who you're going to minister to with the word you have received from God or others your testimony is constantly being changed by words spoken or life events happening on a daily basis and the bible says in revelation 12:11, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb." and the word of their testimony they and there that's everyone besides you and around you okay and by sharing his word or your testimony is one way that you share Jesus and then others overcome through you and just like God breathes life into us we are to exhale that life out into others you can't live by holding your breath right so we shouldn't hold that word in. The word of God is alive, and when it is shared, the breath of God is exhaled from us, giving others life. So just like some of you shared Sunday morning uh, a word or a testimony, what we share may be the exact breath of life they, being y'all, need to hear or their uh, uh to give them their freedom and healing that becomes their testimony and that they will in turn eventually share to heal and free others. You may not know exactly who the word is or was for, or you may not ever know, and that's okay. The main thing is getting the word out there for it to be shared so it can encourage, give faith, hope, and healing to others. And you never know the limits of your words because the story that you tell can be told to other families, friends for generations to come with people you may never meet. I'm about to share the word that God gave me, but first I need to set up the story a bit. Uh, When I first shared this, it was intended for military veterans, and I'm sure all of you know what a veteran is. Uh, I know we usually think of a veteran as someone who has been in the military or served in war, And one definition says, a warrior in conflict, or has went through or fought for something for an extended period of time. Now, conflict, according to Merriam-Webster, is a fight, battle, or war. And when I first shared this, I had someone reply that it immediately spoke to them that it could also relate to other types of warriors in conflict, because all received, uh, some type of scars from their conflicts and fights they go through. So I guess you could say in our case, conflict means hurts, habits, or hang-ups. And not to take away from a military veteran, but all who have been through conflicts fit the definition of a wounded veteran in their own way because we all have received scars from our battles for our freedom. So, getting into the story, I was lying out by the pool, back in July, just relaxing in the sun, eyes closed, minding my own business, and there were two um, big military helicopters come flying by, and I could hear them in the distance. And as they got in sight, this word just started downloading, and uh, I thought it was crazy how it just kept flowing. So I grabbed my phone and just started writing it down, and uh, and here it is. This is for all the veterans, whether you're pursuing God or running from Him or have never met Him. Many of you have physical scars that anyone and everyone can see, but all of you have emotional scars that some people may never see. God sees them. He sees them all. He hurts every time you hurt. He cries every time you cry, and He is there for you every time you think no one else is. See, just like you hold those physical and emotional scars showing how much you loved our freedom and what you went through to fight for it, he also holds physical and emotional scars showing how much he went through and fought for our freedom. See, you may not have realized, but what you fought for and fought for was for people, people, generations to come to experience the freedom you have. And whether you... Know it or not, that's the same love that God has for everyone. See the love you showed was for the people let's see the people you know and the ones you don't, even if you don't like them, you fought and fight for them, and that is awesome because that's the same love that God has for you, brothers and sisters. That love is what Jesus took the stripes for, wore the crown for, and carried the cross for. Took the nails on the cross for and that love is the exact reason he conquered death hell and the grave and rose on the third day so that each of us could experience that love daily and he can live in us I'm not sure who this word is for or was for and why god gave it to me to speak but jesus loves you and every hidden invisible scar you carry thank you for all the fights that you have and will encounter for our freedom. And remember, Jesus still to this day fights for you daily as well. I pray in Jesus' name that all scars, visible and hidden, will be healed and that you will use the stories of your freedom for your testimony of the freedom Jesus has brought you through. Amen. So that being said, remember, don't hold back. Keep sharing. Yeah.
0: Amen, such a perfect devotional for tonight, my goodness. OK, it really was awesome. And um, I know it speaks in such a great setup to be yeah, he had shared that with me, and I said, I want you to share that sometime." And then I just Sunday spontaneously um, asked him if he would do it tonight. And it was just so perfect. Thank you, Michael. It was great. So now it's time um, for our first testimony and um, Two of our sisters will come, and I'll come back and introduce the second one. So if you can smile, um, you know, I went to public speaking, and I was rated number one in the class, not for my speeches, but before, because of the way I looked at people when they talked, that it was good. So I want you to practice that. I want you to receive Emily with joy. Um, she's coming with her papers. I encourage both of them to read. You know, that's kind of a Celebrate Recovery style is to read the story, and it gives you confidence. So... Would you please welcome the beautiful, the wonderful Emily as she comes to share a story. No performance here tonight. We just love you before you even come up here.
2: I'm Emily. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I grew up in a good home with my mom, stepdad, and younger brother. (coughs) My parents got divorced when I was two, so I really don't have any, any memory of them being together. My, my real father was a, real fun, was a functioning alcoholic, but other than that, I had a normal childhood until I was 11 years old, and I got molested, and I got picked on at school a little bit for being chubby. It wasn't until then I noticed I wanted to feel different and be skinny. Sometimes at night, while mom and, and my stepdad was asleep, I would sneak downstairs to the medicine cabinet and drink the cough syrup and refill it back up with water. Then I started taking diet pills and became anorexic. This went on for several years until I was about 16 years old and I, I was dating this guy who made meth. So it wasn't long after that I was addicted. I was out of control. I started skipping school to, in, to get high. My parents finally found out when I was doing what I was doing after finding some residue in my bedroom. So they sent me to rehab where I stayed for 30 days soon after I relapsed. But I met this other guy that didn't do drugs, just drank. We dated for a little bit, and at 17, got married with my parents, hoping that would settle me down. I had pretty much quit meth, but picked up drinking. But about a month of, be- of being married, I found out I was pregnant. I quit s- even smoking. I gave my life to Christ, stayed in church. I had another child, which was a little boy. I stayed clean for five and a half years. Until, until I took the kids and left my husband. I started drinking heavily, and I lost my two children to my ex-husband. I was devastated. Things just got worse from there. I tried killing myself by putting a pistol to my head, and thank God my friend caught me before I pulled the trigger. I continued drinking. Then I met this other guy. We started dating. He was really abusive mentally and physically. By then, we both was addicted to pain pills really bad. I got pregnant and continued to use, and by the grace of God, he didn't... My child didn't come out addicted. We got married, but eventually I had to take my son and leave and move back in with my parents because the abuse and control had gotten so bad. I started going to the methadone clinic, and I thought, I'm okay. I'm getting prescribed this. Funds started running low, and I had to stop going to the clinic. I didn't know what to do. I was a single mother, but my body hurt so bad I thought I was going to die coming off the methadone. So I went back to doing pills and heroin and selling pills to keep my habit up. I no longer could feel anything by snorting it. I started IV using. It wasn't long DCS came and put my son with his dad's mother. I nearly went crazy. I'd lost all three of my kids because of my addiction and dropped out of cosmetology school. I started shooting meth with heroin. After stealing so much from my parents and mom finding me overdosed in the bathroom floor, they had had enough and kicked me out. I eventually caught some charges and went to jail several times just to get out and do the same thing over. I was miserable, I no longer wanted to live. All this time God kept tugging at my heart to come back to him but I didn't know how I could. I wasn't happy sober nor high. I wanted to quit but couldn't. One night I was about to get high and I cried to God and I told him something had to change. I told him if he didn't take me out I was going to. I proceeded to get high. Then a week later, I got arrested and almost went into cardiac arrest from withdrawing and spent three days in the hospital. I had to return back to jail. I told God I was really done this time and asked him to give me a way out. I had a friend that wanted to bomb me out of jail, but I told him to let me stay in there. I didn't want that life anymore. I called my mom and told her I was done, and I wanted to go to rehab. That's when I wrote The Women of Hope. And the court agreed rehab is what I needed, so I was released to there, and God has changed my life tremendously. I've been sober a year next month, my family my family is being restored, and I'm learning to love myself now for the first time ever. God keeps blessing me, and it's only by His grace all this is happening. Thanks for letting me share.)
0: did awesome emily what a miracle she is amen i mean at every point of that story pastor david i could see it going down but i just want to let's give jesus another praise That's so beautiful so beautiful and um, i was thinking today as i've listened to both of their stories they've read them to me but i was just thinking we've had so many people to share their stories and there's never a, you know, a current or a running thing. We've had wealthy people that were raised good. We've had, you know, what I'm saying. It, it just, as we say, addiction um, is no respecter of persons. So we're so proud of you. Feel like you can breathe now. Yay! So precious. Okay. So beautiful. What a miracle you are. And how much we rejoice with Jesus Christ, and we give you all the glory, Lord. And Hope House. So now it is time for our. Um, second one after that I will close in prayer and you see what an early night and um, Cheryl has been with us longer because she's been at Hope House for long she's gone through Esther she's worked two Queen for days and gone to the neighborhoods with us but besides done so many awesome things she's uh, spoken and taken care of our children for us she's done so many things for Pastor Dave and Connie of course so many unlimited things that women of hope and she is currently working at Chick-fil-a and I happened to randomly want a tea because at two thirty, and pulled in a little convertible, and there she was. Um, but uh, she has a word for you, and the same thing. We want to receive her with joy, and know that the Lord will help her. I'm excited. Would you please welcome the awesome Cheryl?
3: My name is Cheryl, and I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. Um, Growing up, my family was not raised in church. I lived a very dysfunctional life with a dysfunctional family. And as far as material things, we didn't lack in that area. If we needed something, we got it. This physical emotion was very far and in between. A lot of the dysfunction stemmed from mom's drug addiction. At times, to this day, I remember vivid flashbacks of the fights and drug abuse that occurred in my early childhood. So naturally, it is proven we learn from those we are around. And one day, I got into a fight at school, and the school did as any school would, even today. They ask questions. Those questions are the very beginning of what I now say saved my life. The school found out I had been molested, and from that moment things seemed to be torn. Although my life had been broken from the start, long story short, third order to move, and for a long time I blamed myself. I blamed myself from tearing what we called our family apart, for pulling my sisters away from friends and their their homeschool. Soon after the little affection and love I had gotten glimpses of was completely gone. Mom told me it was all my fault you had to move and we couldn't afford things. I believe that she resented me because that was the love of her life. And she didn't want to believe that he was capable of molestation. Soon after we moved, that same guilt was still there. I had no clue how to voice that I felt, especially since the last I had spoken up, it caused such chaos. I continued down path of destructive behavior. I turned to drugs, and for me I didn't see anything wrong, because mom did. I never got the direction I needed, and consequently my life spiraled deeper into running away, skipping school, and jail. I had went to jail a few times for a public intoxication, runaway, and theft. None of that seemed to matter. My addiction had become so bad; no one wanted to be around. All, all, I cared about was getting high. I no longer thought about the guilt that was caring, that was caring for, that I was caring for causing such chaos. I was numb and comfortable. Each time I ran to the drug, it was almost like a sick relationship. I came to know this drug addiction deeper each time. My life had become more destructive. At this point, I had completely forgotten about life. I was in a fog, and until one day, I remember being curious, walking the street, looking at the churches, homeless, and wondering what it was about. As I walked, it wasn't long until I got really high and I started knocking on people's feet, clearly out of my mind and someone called the cops on me. I ended up getting booked in for possession. And during that six months, I met God and asked Jesus to come into my house. At this time, I didn't know what I was doing. The first church service that I had attended was in the Brown County And I will never forget the first time I felt the touch of God. That day, I didn't know Jesus or God as my Savior. And as I sat in the prayer circle, eyes closed, holding hands, and fire consumed me as I jumped up and shouted Hallelujah as tears flowed from my eyes. I would love to say that my destructive patterns had ended there, however I realized I had some trials and tribulations to walk through. I repeated the same insane behaviors except this time I had stepped it up few financials. I no longer was homeless, bouncing house to house. I was constantly playing with death, taking risks and chances, putting myself around people and places that I had no business being in. I found myself the addict that all feared of becoming, the addict that everyone said they would never become. I lived under a bridge, begging for food, and money, doing whatever I had to, no matter what my consequences may have been. I was the addict, I was content, I was sick and I thought living in a tent was a lot, with no pills and not having to answer to anyone, doing whatever, whenever. I didn't have priorities and I didn't know what a priority was. All I knew was God. And at that time, I knew what a touch of God was. And for me at this time, it was easier to stay in the know than to jerk, put my foot in the under. And I was looking for a way, and the way I just didn't know. And um, uh, I had got arrested again. And during the 15 days I was in there, I wrote the jail commander, because I had got sick of it. And uh, I wrote the jail commander, he sent somebody there, and he sent me to the woman of hope. And at the time, I didn't know it was a 15-month program. I just knew it was a Christian program, and that's where I wanted to be. So uh, I thank God for the woman of hope, and being queen 15 months, and I have a little, little verse that I would like to speak, and it's uh, Job 22:28. The Word of God says I'm made in God's image. I can have what it says I can have. Do what it says I can do. I will decree a thing, and it will be established for me. Light will shine on my way.
0: awesome beautiful testimony beautiful testimony and so miraculous um i think whatever she she i interviewed her a little bit the christmas dinner theater last year um and about her living underneath the bridge but that whole segment of her life someday will bring so much hope to people we're so proud what a miracle can we give jesus praise what a miracle